0: Greetings of the day to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining in. Welcome to Simply Gita. In today's episode we are going to explore and discuss the verses which have been mentioned in Chapter 3 of the Bhagavad Gita. Hope the journey proves to be fruitful and hope this episode provides you with a solution to the problems that you may be facing. Thank you for joining in and let us begin. All the human beings are mostly always engaged in action. There is rarely a time when we are not doing something. Some actions are full of sin and lies, while some are done for the sake of duty. This gives rise to a question which is valid, that what are those actions which will take us closer to our goal? The answer to this particular question is provided by Shri Krishna, and we'll try to decode it in simple language. Arjun asks that if Krishna regards knowledge as better than action, then why was he asking Arjun? to engage in that fearful act of war? This is a valid question because if knowledge is truly better, then Arjun was receiving the same from Shri Krishna. So why was there a need for him to fight his loved ones in the battle? Often we may also come across such thoughts that why exactly should we indulge in action or do anything for that matter? Arjun was getting puzzled by the instructions of Shri Krishna. Instead of understanding the truth, he was getting more confused and thus, Arjun asks Sri Krishna to tell him for certain that which should be done so that his confusion is vanished. The wisdom of Krishna is deep and it is not so easy to understand. Arjun was wondering that how exactly should he apply the principles in his life. The Lord tells Arjun that there are two types of belief in this world. One is that of knowledge and the other is that of action. In other words, every man tries to achieve the self through either of these two means. Through the yoga of knowledge, a person can get rid of sense distractions and he can focus his mind on the supreme or on his goal. And through the yoga of action, a person works with devotion without any desire for the fruits of his effort. Krishna tells that a person cannot attain the true yoga of action without starting a work and neither can a person attain true knowledge by merely abstaining from all work. So Krishna makes it very clear that it is not acceptable that we stop our duties and action and call ourselves a monk and a person fixed in intelligence if all of us avoid our responsibilities and turn a monk then we will feel that doing so will provide us with peace and happiness then it is not a rational way of thinking a person who gets rid of work cannot claim to be situated in the yoga of action it is never possible that A person in this world can abstain from all work. Our world and the laws of nature are such that whether we desire or not, action is unavoidable and we have to indulge in action. Here we can also learn from the nature itself. Nothing ever stops in the nature. The sun rises when it is time for it to do so and so does the moon. Time never stops for anyone and we should also learn to keep moving just like time. Hence, it is important for us to understand the true yoga of action and then indulge in that action. Krishna tells that the person who only for the sake of deceiving by outward appearance tries to forcibly control the senses, but his mind is constantly thinking of those desires, is actually a pretender. Such a person is a liar who refuses to have food, but is actually thinking of the food and its taste. A person with this mentality can never hold a true fast. Krishna tells Arjun that a person who with pure devotion tries to sincerely control the senses and engages in work without any attachment, that person is truly practicing the yoga of action. So, the Lord is giving a warning that controlling the senses is undoubtedly important but along with it, it is very essential that the mind should not be attached to those senses and the mind should not be thinking of those senses. When the senses are in our control, then we are able to work with pure focus and no disturbance is able to stop us from performing the action that we are meant to do. On the other hand, if we are in control of the senses, then even the smell of something delicious will distract our mind and destroy our focus. Krishna tells Arjun to perform his duty and only indulge in action Because as compared to inaction, action is much better. Besides, if Arjun will not indulge in action, then surviving in this world will become a very difficult task for him. Without action, Arjun may not even be able to maintain his body. There are a lot of activities that we can indulge in, but there is something out there in the world which we are actually meant for. Every human being has that one X factor or something unique. If we indulge ourselves, In that activity which the nature wants to use us as a medium for, then undoubtedly we shall create history. Whatever work it may be, we need to regard the same as our duty and perform it. In the next verse, Krishna explains the action which helps in the betterment of the society. He tells that if Arjuna will perform his duty only as a servant for the sake of the supreme and with his best efforts, then he will be able to get rid of his attachment. We should do our bit and indulge in action which helps in the development of the society which is able to provide value and solutions to the people. This action should also be regarded as our prescribed duty. Then Krishna explains about the sacrifices which should be offered by a human being to please Brahma or the divine before starting any work. This helps us in performing the work in the best possible manner shows us the way ahead and helps in achieving the goal. Krishna tells that as per the supreme or as per Brahma, if humans indulge in sacrifices to please the gods, then those gods will ensure our welfare. In the same way, we should do our work in such a manner that it pleases everyone and results in our benefit. The sacrifice that Krishna is speaking of is a way of worshipping the supreme. This is the reason it is believed that before starting any work, We should take the name of Lord with faith. With such sacrifices, when we worship the gods, then they please our wishes even before we ask for them. On the other hand, the person who is not willing to sacrifice anything but is only interested in demanding pleasures from the gods should be considered a thief. Here, Krishna clearly mentions that it is only when we do something that we are able to get something. In order to get, it is very essential to give. The word worship can also be assumed as action with faith in the divine. If we do not work but only hope that we should get all the comforts then we are not living ethically. For instance, a person willing to lose weight and gain a fit body has to sacrifice the junk food which may provide pleasure to the tongue but not to the body. The people who eat the food only after it is first offered as a sacrifice to the divine are free from all sins. On the other hand, for those people Who eat their food without offering any tribute to the Supreme, they only eat sin. Here, we could inculcate a habit as simple as thanking the Supreme for the food that he has given us and offering the same to him from our heart. We can request the God to have a taste of the food and only then should we start our meal. This will ensure that we do not commit a sin and will also help us in developing the habit of gratitude. With the end of food, everything will come to an end because all living beings exist with the help of food. Rain is essential for food. Without rain, there can be no food. And similarly, sacrifice is essential for rain. Because the god of rain showers his blessings when he is pleased with our sacrifices. And sacrifice results from action and we can perform true action only with the help of knowledge. So here again, Krishna highlights the importance of action and carrying out the assigned duty. When a person is situated in true knowledge. Krishna tells that the person who does not follow the rules, who gives no importance to the laws of nature, in other words, a person who does not carry out his duties, such a person who is merely engaged in the sinful act of satisfying the senses, such a person lives in vain. He is a slave of the senses and his birth as well as his death is meaningless. The person who is concerned about the soul and satisfied from the soul and is on the path of self-realization, for such a person, there is no duty. The one who has obtained the supreme knowledge, only such a person becomes free from duty, but such a person is one in a million. But for ordinary people like us, duty is the most important factor. Sanjay further tells us the knowledge of Sri Krishna. He tells that, For a great person like Shri Krishna who has understood the supreme truth, there is no provision for any work. Such a person is free from the bondage of work because they are free from selfishness. Such a person is different from the ordinary people and is not bound by the rules. Here we should understand this in the sense that a person who has experienced the divine does not desire for anything else. Krishna tells that therefore, Arjun should free himself from the attachment and perform his duty in the right manner. He tells Arjun to get rid of the desires and work because the person who does his duty without any attachment is able to reach the divine. It should be noted that the path of duty is not always so easy to follow. Often it happens with us when we don't feel like doing any work, when we feel like sleeping late and staying in our comfort zone. But we should remember that we can achieve nothing in this life with such an attitude and this is what the Lord is also trying to explain to Arjun. There are many such people who reach the divine by engaging in action and performing the duty. The Lord gives example of King Janaka. There are people who understand the truth of the soul through knowledge but for others action is the only way. If we want our life to have a meaning then we have to indulge in action without attachment. The leader is the one who is in front and the followers are the ones who follow his or her footsteps. It is for us to make a decision if we want to be the one who leads or the one who follows. He tells that the actions which are performed by the ideal person or the leader is actually repeated by others and serves as an inspiration for them to follow. Through his faultless efforts, his acts serve as examples for people to follow. In every field, there are some people who are exceptionally amazing and other people try to perform the work in the same manner. Krishna tells that he himself is free from all duties and neither is there anything which he cannot obtain. In spite of this fact, he prefers to engage in action. There cannot be any leader who is greater than Krishna, but even he does his duty. He could have easily refused to be a part of the Mahabharata war, but he chose action. When Krishna himself was ready to play the role of a charioteer in discharge of his duties, then we are just ordinary human beings and we have no right to abandon our responsibilities. Krishna tells Arjun that if he is not careful while performing his duties, then there will be a huge problem because a leader is expected to act in the optimal way. This is why it is rightly said that with great power comes great responsibility. If the Supreme Lord himself stops acting, then all the followers, that is we human beings, will also stop doing all the work. The leader, who does not engage in his duties, has no right to give direction to the followers. Therefore, we need to follow the steps of the Lord and perform our prescribed duty. Krishna tells that if he does not perform his duty, then there will be destruction of the world and the people. He tells this because the entire world is actually the creation of Krishna. And if he does not perform his duty, then surely the world will face immense problems. Laws are equal for humans as well as gods. If the law of nature requires us to work, then undoubtedly we will have to work. The ones who are unintelligent perform their work with attachment. But intelligent people should engage in action without attachment so that they leave the correct footprints for people to follow. The Lord speaks this for those people who think that after abstaining from all work and turning a monk they will be able to surely reach God. The intelligent one who is aware of the truth is responsible to ensure that their way of living in no way gives rise to the feelings of inaction among other ignorant people. Instead they should set such an example before the people that they are inspired to act in the correct manner and perform their duty. Every human has a nature and he does work according to that nature, every work is done according to the quality of nature of that person. The one who is full of pride thinks that he does all the work, but Krishna tells that such a person is unintelligent. The work that we do is actually our nature making us do that particular work. Often it happens that when we are filled with anger, we do something which we did not actually want to do. Our anger makes us commit that sinful act. We should think and try to understand our inner nature. Moving ahead, the law tells that there are three types of nature of humans and we do work according to those natures. The three modes of nature are Moral Nature, Active Nature and Dark Nature. We indulge in actions according to these modes. For instance, if we are in the dark mode or the mode of darkness, we will become lethargic, sleepy and will prefer inaction. On the other hand, the person who is in the active mode will try to display signs of strength on every occasion. The people who are in the moral mode, the people who are knowledgeable, are aware that it is these modes of nature which are making them work. And ordinary people like us, who are not so intelligent, believe that we are the ones who are doing everything. Once the intelligent people involved in action understand that the modes of nature are making them work, And they themselves don't do anything then they should try to explain this knowledge to the ignorant people. The intelligent one is aware of the fact that these modes keep on changing and as a result their work also keeps on changing. Therefore they do not regard themselves as the doer of any work. So we should always worry solely about action and surrender everything else to the supreme. Krishna tells Arjuna to surrender all his activities to the Supreme. He tells Arjuna that without any desire for gain, without any hope, sorrow or laziness, Arjuna should stand up and fight. After getting rid of emotions, hopes and desires, we should only engage ourselves in action. The aim of life is to attain the Supreme and once we work without jealousy or fault, as per the instructions of Krishna, We are definitely able to obtain freedom from attachment. Krishna tells that there are many people who regard themselves as very important because of pride. They feel that they are the ones who perform all tasks and do not feel the need to surrender their activities to the supreme. Such people are lost in their world of delusion. Krishna refers to such people as fools and he is advising us to stay away from such people. There is no scarcity of such people around us, who are so proud of their riches and knowledge that they do not feel the need to listen to anyone else. All human beings act according to their nature, and it even holds true for a man of wisdom, meaning to say that if a person forcibly tries to act in a particular nature then it is worthless. If we try to make a person perform a task against their nature, then we shall only waste our time. The Lord then tells that happiness as well as sadness resides in the senses. As humans, we should not be in control of either of them because it creates problem in the path of our development. Every emotion, be it positive or negative, is actually hidden in the senses. But we should not be trapped in either of these emotions because it results in attachment and we become trapped in such a manner that coming out of this jail becomes impossible. Krishna tells that neither is there a need for us to be attached to avoiding such emotions. In other words, Krishna makes it very clear that attachment to anything is the root of all evil. Krishna wants to tell that if we are conscious and aware of the Supreme, we automatically get rid of such attachment due to devotion. This happens because with true knowledge, we can see things as they are without any preconceived notions. Then Krishna tells that imperfection in our own work is better and should be preferred over perfection in someone else's work. Even if destruction happens while performing our prescribed duty, it is beneficial for us. We should not follow the path of others for it may prove to be very dangerous for us. Here, the Lord explains that we should indulge in that activity which is our duty instead of being flattered by the activities of others. Often it happens that we start doing something which someone else is doing because grass always looks greener on the other side. Krishna instructs us to have self-belief and do our own duty even if it is full of faults. Arjun asks Krishna the reason which leads a person to perform sinful activities even when he does not have the willingness to do so. So Arjun makes a very valid point. All of us usually know the difference between right and wrong, but in spite of that, we are not able to follow the correct principles. So, Arjun tells that something forces a person to commit such unwanted acts, to commit sin, and he asks Krishna to reveal that secret that what is it which forces a person to go down the wrong track. The question of Arjun is perfectly valid. I shall be honest, though I am narrating the principles of Gita before you guys, I can in no way admit that I am free from faults. My senses are not in perfect control of me, and they often make me commit sinful acts even when I don't want to do so. A lot of you may read my blogs or hear this podcast, but in spite of that, it may happen that we are unable to live our life as per the instructions of the Supreme. So Arjun wants to know the reason behind the same. The Lord then tells that it is lust which makes a person commit the sinful acts. Lust arises from the active mode, or the mode of passion. This lust gives rise to anger, and the law tells that there is no end of lust and anger, they only keep on rising. Therefore, we should consider lust and anger as our worst enemy. The law tells that it is the active mode which gives rise to lust and anger, which are solely responsible for the unwanted acts that are committed by a sinner. Once we start experiencing lust and anger within us, which we all will, we should understand that our enemy is taking control of us and there is a need for us to stop them. Some ways to stop them could be by developing a better lifestyle, walking barefoot on the grass in the open air, connecting with nature, meditating, regulating the eating and sleeping habits. Such lifestyle changes can help in getting rid of uncontrollable emotions. The Lord then tells that just like the smoke covers fire, just like the dust covers the mirror, in the same way emotions like lust and anger cover our knowledge and hide it. They destroy our ability to think and act clearly. These emotions force us to commit a sinful act when we do not take control of them. There is no dearth of such cases in history when even intelligent people committed a terrible act as rape because of uncontrollable sexual desire. Moving ahead, Krishna tells Arjun that lust is like the ever-burning fire which cannot be put out by any means. In the way that constant supply of oil does not put out the fire but increases it, similarly, if we indulge in sexual acts to satisfy the lust, then it will only increase. Lord tells that this lust Covers the knowledge of an intelligent person. There is no end to the satisfaction of the senses, but if we do not take control of the situation, then these senses will definitely end the happiness of human beings. In the next verse, Krishna explains the residence of lust. He tells that the senses, the mind, and the intelligence are places where the lust arises. This lust provides temporary pleasure to humans by capturing the senses, mind and intelligence. These emotions try to end the owner of their residence which is the human being. They completely destroy the state of equanimity of an individual. A person trapped by lust becomes mad with joy when something good happens and heavily depressed when the situation turns unfavourable. The Lord then tells Arjun that he should first try to control the senses by regulating them. He tells Arjun that with immense strength he should destroy the sin of lust which destructs the intelligence of a human. So the Lord advises Arjun that before the emotions of greed and anger take control of his mind and destroy his intelligence, he should control the senses by regulating them. Lust and anger fill our mind with doubt and distract us from our path. Often it may happen with us that while working on something important, we feel like relaxing in between. In such a moment, we should be careful and first finish the task at hand. The senses are regarded as superior and stronger than the body, the mind is better than the senses and intelligence is better than the mind and the soul is even greater than intelligence senses are undoubtedly more powerful than the body because they can destroy the body in seconds by taking immense control the mind is superior to the senses because it can be used to control the senses intelligence is better than mind because it helps us in understanding the way the mind operates and the soul is the ultimate because it makes us realize that nothing is permanent except the soul while explaining his point sri krishna tells arjun that he should consider the soul better than intelligence. Through intelligence, he should gain control of the mind and kill the uncontrollable enemy of lust. With intelligence, if we are able to control the mind, then we will be able to control the senses. With perfect control over the mind and the senses, we will naturally come closer to the soul. So with this, we have come to the end of the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita where the Lord speaks about the importance of action and self-control. Hope this episode will help you to get rid of your addictions and open the doors to the world of wisdom and right action. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.